Shalom Aleichem Kinderlech. Let me tell you a story that the previous Rebbe tells in his Sichas and his letters about a man by the name Reb Gavriel Neusechein. His name was Reb Gavriel, and he had a nickname called Neusechein. Neusechein means that he found favor in people's eyes, that people liked him. People wanted to be his friends. Everybody he met immediately liked him. And we'll find out why he got this name. This Reb Gavriel grew up in a city called Vitebsk. He grew up at a time when there was a lot of misnagdim in Vitebsk against Hasidus, against the Balshemtov, against the Magid. The Alter Rebbe lived in Vitebsk in his younger years when he got married. He got married to, to someone, to a family in Vitebsk. The name of the father of his wife, of his Rebetzin, was Rabbi Yehuda Segal. He was a very wealthy man. He was also a misnagit. At first, nobody knew that Alter Rebbe has a shaykhist to Hasidus. But after the Alter Rebbe was married, and after a while, people already respected the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe was, everybody knew the Alter Rebbe is a big goin. And a lot of young people, Talmud HaChachamim, would, would uh, come to the Alter Rebbe for their questions in Gemara. And they came learning with him. Everybody respected him. But then they found out that the Alter Rebbe started traveling to Mezrich, to Mezrich Magid, and he came back and started teaching the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov. And that made a huge uproar in the whole city. It's a lot of people talking about it. The Misnagdim said we should you know, like distance ourselves. We should you know, not talk to him anymore, to the Alter Rebbe, because he's part of this evil group, the Hasidim. And they also his father-in-law, the Alter Rebbe's father-in-law, um, they said to him that he should pressure his daughter to, to divorce her husband, that uh, the Alter Rebbe should get divorced from his wife because he's a bad person. And of course, the Rebbe of the Alter Rebbe did not want to. And uh, the father-in-law of the Alter Rebbe kicked him out of the house. It was a terrible situation. But later on, the Alter Rebbe, when the, when the Mazich Magid passed away, Alter Rebbe moved to Liyoshne and he started his own, became a Rebbe and a Magid. Everybody came to the Alter Rebbe. People came from all over. While the Alter Rebbe still lived in Vitebsk, he, as I said, he drew a lot of young people that became very close to him and they started learning from his Hasidus. And this was especially true because at one point, when they, there was a big, big machlekes, a big argument against him and a fight against the Alter Rebbe that he's a, that he's a Hasid and we need to you know, kick him out of town. Uh, Alter Rebbe said, listen, why don't you listen? Let's make a big public uh, debate and I will uh, explain to you what the Balshantov is really saying. You'll see that you're making a mistake. The Balshantov is actually very good. And at first they didn't want to, then they agreed. And Alter Rebbe had a public debate. Uh, many of the Rabbonim asked him many questions and he answered and he gave a really beautiful explanation of what the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov is. And this caused that many young people, even more young people, started going after the Alter Rebbe. They were so impressed with the way he explained the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov. They all wanted to learn Hasidus now. So not only was the Alter Rebbe big gone in Nigla and Gemara, but he was also was able to teach them how to serve Hashem properly. But on the other hand, there was a lot of people in, in Vitebsk that were even more misnagged them now, they became even more against the Alter Rebbe, and they were very upset and angry at the Alter Rebbe, and it became a big machlek, it's a big, big fight in the city of Vitebsk.
But then eventually the Rebbe moved to Liyoshne after the Histalkos of the Magid. The Rebbe Gavriel was also from a family of Misnagdim. His brothers, his parents, his sisters and brother-in-laws, they all lived in Vitebsk, but they were all very strong Misnagdim. Also his wife, Chana Rivka, she was also from a family of Misnagdim. They were very strongly against Hasidim. And uh, his family was all Talmid HaChachomim, and they were all wealthy, rich, they had big businesses. But uh, Rabbi Gavriel became a Hasid of the Alter Rebbe. So when he went to Liyoshne for the first time, when he came back, and everybody found out that he went to Liyoshne, that was terrible, and they, they cut him out from the family, nobody wanted to talk to him anymore. And not only that, they started making his life very difficult. They started ruining his business. He had a store, which he, his father left him, but his father died. And his brothers and, and all his family members, they all tried to ruin his business, making people shouldn't go and buy from him. And, and he started losing a lot of money. It was very, very hard for him. But in those days, Hasidim of the Alter Rebbe, they didn't care about Gashmis. When they had trouble with Gashmis, when they went to the Alter Rebbe, they didn't ask him for a bracha for Gashmis. Eh, Gashmis, who cares about Gashmis? Hashem will help. When they went to the Alter Rebbe, they were so eager to ask Alter Rebbe for a bracha and for, for teaching, teaching them how to serve Hashem better, how to have love of Hashem, avos Hashem, yiras Hashem. That's what they cared about. The Gashmis didn't care, and especially if they had a very difficult life because the Misnagdim made their lives difficult, which uh, in the case of Rabbi Gavriel, they made his life so difficult, they ruined his business. He was losing all his money because of them. And some Hasidim was even worse. The Misnagdim would caught him in the street and would beat him up till they broke some bones. Some Hasidim had broken bones. One Hasid broke his nose because... He didn't break his nose. They broke the Misnagdim broke his nose. They called him the, 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 the nose guy because his, his, his nose stayed forever crooked because they broke it. And the Chassidim, when they, when they used to suffer because they were Chassidim, they didn't mind. They weren't upset. On the contrary, they, they thought it was a schos that they had Mesiris Nefesh, that they were beaten up because of Chassidus. That was considered a big schos. They used to make a big fabrengen and celebrate that I was zeichet to have Mesiris Nefesh for Chassidus. So this is one of those chassidim was Rabbi Gavriel. Came very close to the Alter Rebbe, he used to travel to Liyazhna a lot. But he never told the Alter Rebbe about his problems, with his panosa. Whenever he went to Alter Rebbe, he partially enjoyed listening to the Maimorim, to the chassidus. And all he wanted is to learn from the Alter Rebbe how to serve Hashem even with more, with, with more ava, with more love, with more yira, and get closer to Hashem all the time. Rabbi Gavriel also never had children. Rabbi Gavriel and his wife, Chana Rivka, they weren't blessed with children for 25 years. They didn't have children. He also never asked Alter Rebbe for a bracha because he wasn't into Gashmis, you know, children. He, when he went to the Alter Rebbe, he was like, totally forgot about all the Gashmis. He forgot about all the physical things. All he wanted is, 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 is to learn from the Alter Rebbe how to be closer to Hashem. The Alter Rebbe used to collect tzedakah especially for Eretz Yisrael. The Jews, the families in Eretz Yisrael didn't have what to eat. So the Rebbe would raise money from Russia and he would send the money to Israel, to the families that the poor families didn't have what to eat. And the Rebbe would send a, sh- a shliach, a messenger, that would go from city to city and visit all the chassidim of the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe would send him with a letter and say to him that every single 
Chosit, he gave a certain amount of money that the Alter Rebbe expects him to give that money for tzedakah. And Rabbi Gavriel, when he had the store and he made money, he used to, the Alter Rebbe used to tell him that he has to give a certain amount, which was a lot of money, and he would give it happily. But he didn't tell the Alter Rebbe that lately he no longer had money. His money was lost. Not only that, more recently, his family, his, his brothers, they went to the government and told on him that he's cheating on his taxes and he's not paying and the government was making a case against him and they were going to go search his house for money so they can take the money away from him so they can pay for all the taxes that he didn't pay. But it wasn't true. They made it up. But they just wanted to ruin his life because he was a chassid. In the meantime, the shlich of the Alter Rebbe uh, he got a letter from the Alter Rebbe that said how much he has to give this year and that the shliach will come in about a month to collect the money. Gavrilo was very depressed. How is he going to get that money? The Alter Rebbe sent him a letter that he has to give a certain amount. He doesn't have that money. So his wife sees Chana Rivka, she sees her husband, is very down. She asked him, what, why are you down? So he told her the truth. You don't know what's happening, but I'm losing all my business. I don't have any money. And here I want to give the Alter Rebbe the tzedakah, but I can't. So his wife says, she was at Tzedekah, and she says to him, didn't you tell me that the Alter Rebbe teaches in his Torahs that a Jew has to always have betochen in Hashem and always trust in Hashem and be besimcha all the time, no matter what happens, and Hashem will help. Why are you depressed? You should be besimcha. And he listened, of course. And then his wife secretly didn't tell him, didn't tell Rabbi Gavriel, she snuck out of the house, she took all her jewelry that she got when she got married, all her jewelry, all her rings, everything she had, and she went to a jeweler and sold it and got money for it. She got exactly the money she needed to pay off the tzedakah of the Alter Rebbe. She came home and put it in a nice bag, said, here, I want you to take this and give this to the Alter Rebbe. This is the money that the Alter Rebbe wrote for us that we need to give this year. It's exactly that amount. No, so we have to wait for the shliach to come, the Meshulach, with the Alter Rebbe, comes in a month. But then, when Ravil realized that the government is going to search his house to take away all his money because his relatives had told the government that he owes a lot of money to the government, he's stolen taxes from the government. So he was afraid they're going to come to the house and find his bag of money, they'll take it away. So he said to his wife, you know what, Chana Rivka, I'm going to go to the Alter Rebbe and give it him right away. I won't wait for the Meshulach, because if I wait till the Meshulach comes, in the meantime, the government's going to come and take away the money. So she said, yes, go now and give it to the Alter Rebbe. And they, he traveled to the Alter Rebbe, and he said, here, this is the money that we, you told me I have to give a certain amount. This is the amount of money I want to give. The Alter Rebbe, and he said, Rebbe said, why did you come so quick? Why didn't you wait for my messenger to come to get the money. Why did you travel yourself? So he said, because you know what, I'm having a problem. The government is going to search my house. I'm having a lot of trouble with my relatives because I'm a chassid. They ruined my business. And now they told on the government that I owe a lot more money and I'm afraid that the government will take away this money. So I came and, 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 and bought it myself. I didn't wait for the Mishulach. The Rebbe said, open up the bag. Let's see what's inside. And so he opened the bag and spilled all the money on the desk of the Alter Rebbe. And suddenly he sees that the, the money was sparkling, it was shining with a special light. He was very surprised. 
But the Rebbe, when he saw this, he says, where is this money from? Who gave you this money? And Gavriel told the Alt-Rebbe the truth. It was his wife, Chana Rivka. She sold all the jewelry. And she knew that they didn't have any money to pay to give her to Tzedakah. Right? The yearly Tzedakah that they have to give every, every year to the Alt-Rebbe. So she went and sold all the jewelry. So the Alt-Rebbe leaned forward and closed his eyes. And then he opened his holy eyes and said to Rebbe Gavriel, you should know that the woman, in the time of the Mishkan, they brought mirrors to the Mishkan, to Moshe Rabbeinu. And those mirrors was their gift to the Mishkan, and those mirrors had a special light, more than all the, all the gold and silver that the men brought. And he says, this, these coins reflect that light. Your wife gave this with serious Nefesh. She took all the jewelry and sold it just to give tzedakah. Then the Alter Rebbe said like this, you should know, the Alter Rebbe leaned forward again, closed his eyes for a while, and then he said, listen, the Gezeire is bottle." You from now on, you'll be very successful and Hashem will bless you with children. And the Alter Rebbe said to him like this, close your store. The store is worthless. There's no point in going back to the store. Close it down. And you start a business with jewelry, with diamonds, and um, diamonds and other jewelry. And Hashem will bless you. You'll be very successful. And Hashem shall bless you. He said another bracha. You should be noisechein. Wherever you go, you go to the Pritzim, to the Goyim, the noblemen to sell them jewelry, they'll like you right away and they'll want to buy from you. You'll find favor, you'll find favor in the eyes of the Goyim. And they'll all buy from you a lot of jewelry and you'll make a lot of money, you'll be very rich. Gavriel came home and told his wife the good news. And lo and behold, a year later, they had the first child, Chaim. Chaim was the son, the first son. And he closed the store like the Alter Rebbe told him. He started a business of jewelry. He became very wealthy because he went around the towns and met all the big noblemen, the very wealthy Pritzim. And they, would, they loved him so much and he found favor in their eyes. And they always would buy only from him and he became very rich. And through that, he had many connections with many of the very important governors and mayors and Pritzim. They all became his friend and they liked him a lot. Also because he was very smart and wise, he would ask him his opinion, his advice on, on different things. Now this Rebbe uh, became quite old. He died when he was 110 years old. Al-Tarebbe also blessed him with Tarikh Yamim, and indeed he lived till 110. Now here comes a very important part of the story. When Gabriel was already quite old, Al-Tarebbe was Nistalik, the Mittler Rebbe, he was a Chassel of the Mittler Rebbe after the Al-Tarebbe, then Al-Tarebbe, Rebbe was also an Istalik, and he became a chassid of the Tzemach Tzedek. He, he was a chassid of three Rebbes, because he got quite old. In the time of the Tzemach Tzedek, a terrible thing happened. There was a chassid of the Tzemach Tzedek, and his name was Reb Chaim Yeshua. Reb Chaim Yeshua was involved in a dangerous mission. As you know, in the time of the Tzemach Tzedek, there was a terrible decree that the Tsar issued that all Jewish families have to give some of their children, or one of their children at least per family, one child per family, to the Tsar's army, and they're going to spend the rest of their lives in the army for 30 years, and they will be taken away when they're young children, like seven or eight, and they would never see their families again. They would forget about their olive base and their chumash and their Torah and the mitzvahs. They would be forced to eat treif and everything. 
and lived like Goyim. It was a terrible decree because when the soldiers would come and pick the children away from their families, sometimes in the middle of the night, the families would cry, cry bitterly, Oi, oi, my Yankala, my Chaim, my Yasala. And the people, they would, the soldiers would tear them away from their families and they would never see the children again. And only 30 years later did they, were they released and made free from the army and then they would be able to join the Jewish community, but they were very ignorant, they didn't know anything. Many of them had eaten tray for so many years and they, they had no knowledge of Torah and mitzvahs. It was a terrible thing. Many of these children died because they refused to eat treif. And they would starve themselves until many of them died from starvation. There were a lot of terrible stories that happened then. And the Tzema Tzedek uh, was very involved in helping those children. And he had chassidim that he told them to go get involved in, in, in saving those children. What happened was that there were Jews, unfortunately Jews, who were called choppers, grabbers. What they did, they grabbed children in the streets, young children, and they said, ah, we're going to bring them to the army, to the Russian army, we'll get money. Because the Russian government would pay money for anybody who would bring a Jewish child because the parents because they were afraid the children would get taken by the soldiers, they would hide them. So <coughs> these Jewish, Jewish hoppers, they're called hoppers, that means grabbers, they would grab these kids and tie them up and take them to the, the army, to the Tsar's Zara, army, and, and they would get paid, they would make some money. Now, this Reb Chaim Yeshua was very special because he got into this work of saving these kids from the choppers. He would go and find these choppers, then he would either pay the money and take the children away from them, or he would steal the children away from them in a very, very uh, difficult way. He would just try to steal it in a way that, you know, that was very, very dangerous. It was a very dangerous uh, work because if the Tsar finds out that the, these chassidim were involved in, in stealing the children back and bringing them back to the families, they could have been arrested and get killed. Even the Tzemach Tzedek was in a lot of danger because of that. They wanted to arrest the, Alter, the Tzemach Tzedek because they found out that Tzemach Tzedek was also involved in encouraging the Chassidim to work against the government to save these kids. Now here's the story of Chaim Yeshua, and then you understand how Rabbi Gabriel Neisachain saved his life. Rabbi Gabriel Neisachain, who had connections with all the government officials, saved literally the life of Chaim Yeshua. First, let's see who is Rabbi Chaim Yeshua. Chaim Yeshua uh, lived in a, in a village. Uh, he and his family were, um, the village was called Zastke. Zastke, it was near the city of Kolisk. There he lived with his father, and his father was a chassid of the Alter Rebbe, and the Mittler Rebbe, and the Mittler Rebbe sent him to the village to have a farm. And so the whole family settled in that village and they had a big farm with animals and they would do a lot of because a lot of people would travel through the village to go somewhere, they, they would travel through, they would always host them and give them food. So he lived, so this Chaim Yeshua also lived in, this, in the village of Zatke. They were on the farm, he had a big farm. It was one night, it was a winter night in the year Tovkov Tzadik Hay. And there's a knock on the door, it's late at night, there's snow outside, it's a blizzard. 
and Reb Chaim Yishu was already going to bed, he was already lying down, trying to fall asleep, he hears a knock on the door, he jumps out of bed and goes quickly to the door, he opens it up, sees two Jews dressed in nice winter fear, fur coats, and they're covered with, with snow, and they're standing by the door, so he tells them, please come in, come in, Shalom Aleichem, he tells them, take off your quote, sit next to the stove, you'll be warm, and he gives them a cup of tea, and brings them bread, and food, and butter, and gives them uh, things to eat. They sat down to eat, and Chaim Yeshua decided to go outside to check on the animals in the stable. So he goes outside the house to go to the side of the house where the stable was. As he goes outside, he hears the sound of a child crying. At first he says, I didn't pay attention because I thought maybe it's a cat. You know, sometimes cats can cry. It sounds a little bit like a child. But then as I, you know, listened to the cry more and more, I saw that it was actually the cry of a child. So I couldn't understand. So late at night, it's the middle of the night, in the dark, I hear a cry child, the cry of a child. I, I followed the sound, and I saw the wagon that these two men came with, uh, sitting in his house, eating now. Um, the wagon they left there in, uh, in the front yard, there's two children tied on that wagon. One of them is crying, the other one is sleeping. He says, who are you? And the boy says, I'm Binyamin. And he's saying it with a very shivering voice. And I asked him, why are you crying? What's happening? I understood right away that these were choppers. These two guys that are in my house were choppers. And I realized I have to quickly untie these boys and bring them to a safe place. So I brought them to a safe place, to my brother's house, Michoel. I woke up my brother in the middle of the night. I said, listen, there's two choppers in my house. Please keep these two kids in your house so they can't find them. And I'm going to rush back to my house because I'm afraid they're going to catch one of my kids. So he, I, Chaim Yishuas ran quickly back to his house. And when he came in, he saw one of the choppers was sitting next to his son, to Chaim Yishuas' sons, Ephraim Zalman. And, and the chopper says to, to, to Reb Chaim Yishu, you see your son, he's such a good kid. Your kid is such a good kid, but I have two children that are crazy, and I had to tie them up in my wagon. See, he was afraid that they're going to think that he's a chopper, right? The Reb Chaim Yishu saw the two kids in the wagon, so he right away said, oh, yeah, I have two kids that are crazy, I had to tie them up, because otherwise they go wild and they do create a lot of damage, so they're, they're really crazy, I have to take them to a doctor, to Vitebsk. Of course, Abraham Chaim Yishu didn't believe a word of it. And he went quickly, woke up his family. He said, listen, there are two choppers in the house. Watch the kids. Make sure nobody gets, gets uh, you know, grabbed by these people. Then he went downstairs. And as he's going downstairs, his brother Michoel, Michoel gave the kids to eat first in his house, the two children. And he gave them food and put them in a room. And then he went quickly to... to Chaim Yeshua's house, his brother. And when he came in, he saw the two men, the two choppers sitting and eating bread. He said, oh, Shalom Aleichem, choppers. He told them that they're choppers. Of course, that was a big insult. He called them choppers. So, and he said to them, uh, Rabbi Bichol said to the two choppers, you are choppers. 
and you better get out of this house as quickly as possible or else you'll have a bitter end. And the two men said, what? You have no Rachmanes in us. My friend here has two children that are Mishagoyim. They're crazy. We're going to a big doctor in Vitebsk and you're calling us chappers. And Rebichal said, no, no, no. Just forget about it. We don't believe a word you're saying. Just get out of here. They left. They went to the wagon to see that the two kids that they tied up were gone. They were hoping to make some money from these two kids. They're going to bring them to, 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 to Peterburg and, and deliver them to the government. And they'll go to the army and, and they'll get some money for this. But now the kids are gone. So they came back screaming, my two kids are crazy and I had to bring to the doctor. And you, you, what did you do to them? They, they kicked them out of the house and they had to leave. So they saved these two kids, but they didn't know what to do with them. So Michal went to the Tzemech Tzedek. And the Tzemech Tzedek, he told the Tzemech Tzedek the whole story, how they found two choppers and they took their kids away. And now the kids are living in the house of Michal. And they don't know what, what should they do. Should they bring them back to their families? Tzemech said, no, keep them first for a year in your house. Teach them Torah, do everything, give them food and everything. And after a year, you bring them back to the families. Why after a year? Because during the year, the police is probably going to come check the families to see if the kids are there. Because they're going to want to see where the kids are. So you wait a year, and then they'll figure they'll give up on finding them by the families. Then you can secretly bring them back to the families. And Tzvatzendik, when he heard what they did, that they saved these two kids, he was so besimcha, so excited. He gave them brachas and brachas. Okay, Michal came back, and it, they did exactly this. The two children stayed in the house of Michal. They learned with the same teachers that his kids learned with, and, and, and they ate the same food, and they, and they were very happy. Rab Chaim Shua said later that when I saw what happened with these two kids, I was able to save the lives of these two kids. I had suddenly a desire to do this a lot, to go out and devote my life to save many children. But I didn't know if I should really do this. So I went to the Tzemech Tzedek, I went to Lubavitch, and told the Tzemech Tzedek in Yechides that, I, that after this incident with the two boys, I feel like a desire, I want to do more of that, save many children. The, the Tzemech Tzedek agreed that he should do this. A few months a year, he would travel from village to village and see if there are any choppers that stole any kids, you know, because they travel and they stop in villages. So he would it's like he steal, it, steal those children away from the choppers. So Tzedek told them how to do this, and he, and, and he started getting very involved in working against the government and, and stealing the children back and bringing them back to their parents. Not always was he able to bring them back to the parents. Sometimes he had to keep them in other cities and hide, hide, hide them for a while, and then they brought them back to the families. One day, something terrible happened. A Jew showed up in a village where Reb Chaim Yeshua was there at the time looking for children. Reb Chaim Yeshua would always tell when he came to a village, he would tell the people in the village, oh, I'm a merchant, I sell uh, wool and linen and stuff. I'm here, here for business. He didn't tell them what he's there for because that was a whole secret mission. Because if the government finds out, he'd be arrested and killed. So he's in one of those villages and secretly looking for children. And a man, a Jew, shows up and he speaks Yiddish and he sees the Chaim Yeshua and says, Oh, I'm also a merchant. I also deal with, with wool and linen. Let's be friends. And Chaim Yeshua believed him. He trusted him. 
but he was actually a chaper, and he also wanted to spy on Chaim Yeshua because he was going to tell the government that Chaim Yeshua works against the government. He's stealing kids away from the army. So first, he need to have good proof. So first, he decided to be his friend, and then he'll be able to spy on him, and then tell the government what he saw. So he told Chaim Yeshua, you know what, I want to help you understand he's trying to save these children. I also want to save these children. Let's work together. And Chaim Yeshua really believed him because he sounded for real. But he was a dangerous man. So Chaim Yeshua worked with him for a month. And one day they were in a village and he managed to catch eight children. And this man, uh, who was really a spy, helped him and then he was supposed to take some of the kids with him to their families. Before he left the village, suddenly three soldiers showed up and Chaim Yeshua, not Chaim Yeshua, this Jew who was the spy was with the soldiers and they arrested Chaim Yeshua. They took him to prison, they put him in chains. And for seven months he was in prison. Finally, they brought him to prison in Vitebsk waiting for his court case to decide whether they're going to kill him. That Semach Tzedek was working very hard to save the life of Chaim Yeshua. But it didn't look like they were able to do this because this is a big crime, a terrible crime. But then, one day, uh, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Gavriel Neisachain, who lived in Vitebsk, somebody told him about the Chaim Yeshua is in the prison in Vitebsk, and they said, maybe you can use your connections. So he went to the mayor of the town, who he was very close with, and he told him, listen, this Chaim Yeshua didn't really do such a bad thing. I really would love you to, to, to help him. And the mayor said, listen, if I do this, I'm going to get arrested myself. I'm going to help Chaim Yeshua. I'm not supposed to help him. But you know what? If you get him out secretly and make sure that he leaves town and never comes here again, never comes to Vitebsk again, he, you know, I want him to live far away where they can't see him. And then I'll, I'll help you. Because I like you so much, Rabbi Gabriel, we like you so much, so I'll do it for you. And so that's what happened. Rabbi Chaim Yeshua, after seven months, being in terrible danger, now was saved and went free. The first thing he did, he went to the Tzemach Tzedek. The Tzemach Tzedek told him that he should move to a city called Gluchov, far away, and start a business. And Tzemach Tzedek gave him a loan of money. And Tzemach Tzedek wished him that he'll be, have a lot of parnasa and live a long life. And then he said something amazing. I want you to know that I give you a promise that you will be in Ganeiden where I am. It's called in Hebrew, Imi b'mchitzasi. You'll be with me in the same place where I am in Ganeiden. You'll be next to me. That was an amazing promise. I mean, Chaim Yishu was a good person, but he, you know, did uh, an amazing job, had mysterious nefesh to save children. But to be in the same place as Semach Tzedek, that's quite an amazing thing. Chaim Yishu moved to Gluchov and became quite old. He was 87. And before he passed away, he called over Chassidim from the town of Gluchov and said to them, listen, told him his whole life story. Then he said uh, that Semach Tzedek promised me that I'll be with him in Gan Eden. 
Natsum Seib was already in Ganeidin then at that time. So he said, when you when, when I get when you bury me, since he said he's gonna die soon, you bury me before you close the caver, I want you to say like this, Rebbe, meaning the Tzemach Tzedek, you promised Chaim Yeshua ben Esther that he will be with you in Ganeidin. Chaim Shua just passed away, so we were sure that you were going to fulfill your promise and take Chaim Yeshua next to you in Gan Eden. And Chaim Yeshua wondered that a million of Jews should say that. There should be a million of Hasidim standing by the caver and say that. And that's what happened. They closed the caver. Later on, one of the Hasidim was by the Rebbe Marash because the Ratzamazek was already passed away. It was Nistalik. So he came to the Rebbe Marash and told him the whole story. And the Rebbe Marash said, you should know that Reb Chaim Yeshua got himself a really good place in Gan Eden. This is the reward you get for doing action, working hard, doing things for other people with Mesiris Nefesh, like he did. And my father was a trustworthy person, that Semach Tzedek meaning. Semach Tzedek promised he definitely fulfilled it. That's the story.